to the Voices of Women Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tatiana Reznik, a practicing physician and a certified life coach. You will hear about inspirational journeys and practical tips from amazing women physicians, as well as effective coaching tools and steps to joyful success. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this podcast. In this episode, we have a part two of our interviews with Dr. Archman Sid. Welcome, Dr. Sid. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, please tell us a little bit about yourself for listeners who didn't hear previous episode. Just a brief summary, what you do. Okay, okay. I'm I'm a board certified pediatrician, and I started my own practice back in 2011-2012, and I currently own my own practice, outpatient pediatrics. I probably four four years back, I had a partner, so then I was have I had some days off where I had nothing to do. My kids were getting older; they didn't need me all the time. So then I had time to be on Facebook groups and and go through people's posts. And I I heard this was the first time I heard that there were jobs that doctors could do from home. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Because my husband is IT and he would always brag about working from home and I would be so jealous that he could get to stay in and work. So then I was like, okay, what are these jobs called? And they said, these are called anything. These are utilization management, utilization review jobs. And I was like, okay, I started looking for them on Indeed, just like that utilization management, just search them. And then I found so many jobs, but none for pediatrics. Nothing, no, no jobs for pediatrics. So I just started emailing everybody my resume. You know, I'm interested. I'm, I don't have any experience, but I'm willing to learn. And then somebody had posted about a chart review job that was pediatric specific. So I applied for that and got hired. Oh, great. Are you still doing it for, for I, how long? Mm-hmm. So so then I, that job was just was you know the pay was not good you you would they would contact you when they had a chart for review and mm-hmm. I would do it and it, the pay was minimal if anything oh. so but I loved doing it because it was pediatric specific it was easy for me to do mm-hmm. and then then like I said I had continued to apply for all these jobs online and then I got I got a response from one of them that, oh, we would like to interview you. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then and at the interview, they asked me about. So the good thing was that I had this done these chart reviews for like two months. And so I used that experience and also my my own experience in pediatrics for so many years. And then I got hired. That is called the position is called a physician advisor. And I have been doing that for the past four years now. I see. Can you tell us a little bit what exactly physician advisor role entails? Yeah. So the job. <laughs> so 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 we don't know this, but apparently the how the hospitals bill or code the patient charge for the patient when the patient is admitted, based on that that designation, whether the patient is in observation or inpatient, that decides how much money the insurances pay the hospital. 
So that is very critical and time sensitive. So what I do is we review the charts. Hospitals send this my company the charts. We review the charts and advise the hospital about what is the best level of care that this patient needs. So based on our recommendation, they they adjust the patient's recommendation if it's different from what they have uh, decided. I see. Are there any particular courses or training or certification needed or advised in order to land such a job? Okay. So there is no need for any training as such because uh-huh. as long as you have experience, So some of them need inpatient experience. So if you have hospital admitted your patients or if you're around on the patients or if you're a hospitalist, then you don't need any other any other training or any other course. There is a certification called physician advisor certification that you can do, but that's not I have not seen that required for jobs. It might help you get the job, but it's not required. Not required. Yeah, I see. And how do you look for such jobs? Which websites or which so, companies? Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, you look. You look. So there's two different kinds of these utilization review jobs. One is where you work for the insurance, which a, doc, a lot of uh, doctors hate on because we think that the insurance companies are out to, you know, not favoring the physicians. But I think the more good physicians take those jobs the better it is for us because when when physicians do those reviews and tell the insurance company no this patient needs this we have to approve it then it is better for the physicians and for the patients rather than having somebody who's you know uh, non medical or like a nurse or somebody do those reviews So those are those there's that those are those utilization review jobs where you work for the insurances, and then there's jobs that like like the ones I do where I where you work for the hospital, so that the hospital, so that the hospitals get bill up and get paid appropriately for the services that they have provided, and then there's a third kind of job where you work for insurances but trying to approve or deny services. Oh, I see. So for insurances, you have like two options, right? One. Yes. Uh huh. I see. The way to look for these jobs is you can go on in Indeed.com and just put physician advisor or utilization review or remote physician jobs, and then those will pop up, and then you go through those and see what in what interests you, and then apply to those. I see. And how do you get hired? By such jobs, what exactly are they looking for? Yeah, so so I feel that as physicians, we do so many of these things unknowingly. So we actually do, right? We see the patient, we decide whether this patient needs this test or not. So we are actually reviewing the chart ourselves and seeing, thinking whether we this this is an appropriate test to order, or do we have to uh, admit this patient, or does it can the patient go home, right? So we are all already doing all these things we just don't realize it because we think we think it's part of what we do so i think re- acknowledging that realizing that we have all these skills ourselves based on our medical education is the key and then you have to optimize your resume 
and highlight that you already do these things. You know that that this what tests the patient would need or how what whether this patient would need to be in the hospital for IV antibiotics or they can just go to the hospital, get IV fluids, and then go home. So you know all these things. But you have to be able to put these into words and highlight your resume compared to a clinical job where you would just say, oh, I'm a pediatrician, and so the person would know that what a pediatrician does. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. And is there any pressure on those jobs to deny services or to no, do no. it some certain yes. way? Contrary to what we think from what from the jobs that I have worked at, because the the one I used to do previously for the chart reviews, that was like a tertiary level review that where the services had been denied and then the hospitals appealed again. So I would do the tertiary level review. And then if I, I would go through the chart and if I felt that, no, this should have been paid, I would just say, no, this, this, this patient could not have been sent home. This, or this patient had to stay in the ICU, could not have gone to the floor. So you should, we should pay, this space should be paid. And that's it. I would write it and send it out and that's it. Nobody would say anything. No pressure to... No, none okay, at all. Good. <laughs> good. Okay. And... Since you work from home doing that, what challenges do you face in working from home? Especially yeah. as for kids at home. It must be. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest challenge is everybody, <laughs> when you work, people, kids and husband, everybody wants your attention. So trying to set your schedule around to where there's minimum minimum disturbance while you're working, uh, having a quiet place set aside in the house, that's to prevent distraction. And the other thing is to make sure you're not uh, sedentary, right? You're not sitting all the time because, you know, sitting has its uh, uh, disadvantages. So to make sure you're moving and being physically active while working, I think that those are the two biggest challenges. Thank you. (laughs) And for, for physicians looking to do remote jobs like chart review or being physician advisor. I know you helped many physicians learn those jobs. So what exactly would you recommend them as the three best tips? So first thing, look for the jobs. Don't give up. Like I got probably seven or eight denials where they said, no, we don't have anything before I finally got the interview. So don't give up. Look at, look at your skills, analyze your skills and, and, acknowledge that you already know a whole lot and look for the jobs see which things would interest you would you feel pressured working like for the insurance thinking that you are denying things or you know approving things or you people might pressure you if you feel that you don't work better in that environment then look for a different kind of job because there is multitude of jobs out there and don't give up realize your self worth Optimize your resume and be positive. You will get it. Mm-hmm. I see. How about interviews for physician advisor or for chart review positions? Is there anything different in questions they ask or anything what physicians need to prepare to those interviews in comparison to what we used to in regular physician job interviews? <laughs> Most of the questions are the same. Sometimes they will ask you about 
how thorough you are because you need to go through the chart thoroughly and how decisive you are based on what you have reviewed to coming to conclusions or making decisions, how open you are to learning, to looking at the current guidelines or or the clinical guidelines to uh, arrive at your decision. And then how about the usual conflict resolution, going through how much you value nurses' inputs into your charts. So things like that. I see. I'm happy to help people if anybody is looking for uh, physician advisor positions or utilization review positions. I'm happy to help uh, coach them for interviews or to help them polish their resumes before they want to apply or for general help if they need. I'm happy and to help anybody. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And what mistakes to avoid for physicians who would like to land a remote job? Yeah. But the first thing is, you know, being thinking that it's not a good thing to do, <laughs> that you're working for the insurances, you're working against the patients. I don't think that is the, the correct uh, the correct thing. You can be a uh, advocate for the patients while you're working for the insurance because you can educate them and do the right thing by the patient uh, and by the physicians. So that and then keep an open mind, be persistent and be positive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And on a practical level, what else would help? There are certifications, like I said, that there are utilization management certifications that you can get so that people can see that you are actually serious about branching into utilization management. And there's a certification for physician advisor, physician advisors too, that you can get that certification too while you're looking for the job. So you can tell them that, you know, I'm I'm studying, preparing for this certification while I look for the job. Or if you get do the certification even before applying for the job, I'm sure that will be a big plus. It's a good idea. What organization saw certifications so far? Or just Google certification yeah. for a physician advisor? Yeah, that just Google's uh, just let me. Yeah, I can I can link that, send you that in that case, not the... Oh, okay, the yeah, it would be great, yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And now let's go to fun part. I'd like to hear about your art. Please tell us. <laughs> yeah, so my art just happened as an accident because during COVID, we were not seeing patients. Everybody was home. We were doing mostly telemedicine. I would come into the clinic only to see newborns because we had stopped seeing all well visits and everything. So I was home and I was getting bored. I had found an old paint kit that I had bought for my daughter and I started painting with that. And then I just, it, it was so good at that time, you know, because everybody was so stressed out. So I just started watching videos online and then going from there and learning from there. I just self-taught myself different techniques. So I started off with acrylic painting, then I started learning resin, then I started doing alcohol inks. So I, and and then I just would post, I didn't think, you know, as physicians, we tend to not not think too much about whatever we do. So my kids would make fun of me initially. And then I would post on my Facebook, uh, on our women's Facebook groups, and everybody would be so encouraging. And then people wanted to buy them. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is surprising and interesting. <laughs> I see your art in Facebook groups, and it's actually beautiful. I like all of those gentle, beautiful colors. It's, it's really, it's relaxing. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so it. you learn all of this just by yourself? Just yeah, just by watching YouTube videos. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to do art before, like as a child or at some point? Yeah, as a child, you know, before medical school, I was, I would, in, and I would do, uh, in, during summer vacations, I would do painting and some mm-hmm. embroidery, whatever struck my fancy. But after, during medical school and then after coming here and having kids, I had totally lost touch with everything artistic. So oh, yes. this was, so COVID was a blessing in disguise for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so for our listeners, if you would like to do art or if you would like to do anything really, it's never too late. It's never, no, never too never. late. You can start actually today and just try. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. Like and a I'm, perfect I'm... example. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> thank awesome. you so much. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love and it. I lo- thank you. And I love to donate to any foundations, uh, medical foundations or any charitable institutions. If you want to get me, get some of my art to for auctions or donations, please feel free to, to message me. I'm happy to donate all the time. Oh, thank you so much. It's so generous, so wonderful of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, for our listeners who would like to connect with you, I'm going to put in the show notes uh, the information how to connect so listeners can easily connect. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. It was a real pleasure coming here, talking to you. Thank you so much for coming. It was my pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed it, or found it helpful, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend. Have any topics you'd like covered? Send me an email at joyfulsuccessliving at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram to connect at joyfulsuccessliving. Have an amazing week. See you next time. The Voices of Women Physicians podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not provide any medical, financial, tax, legal, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own well-being, decisions, and results. Dr. Resnik is a practicing physician, but Voices of Women Physicians podcast is not reflective of the opinion of her employer. You should always contact professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.